People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Ahoy! Right, today we welcome onto the show returning guest Andy McGrath. He's coming to tell us a little bit about the Loch Ness Monster and other things cryptid. He'll also mention briefly the British Cryptid Conference, which is taking place on the 27th of May this year, so shortly, uh, in Bury, I think, Manchester. So if you're into cryptids, try and get along there. Apparently the they do need to sell a few more tickets to make sure that is definitely a go-ahead. Uh, the tickets are, I think, they're £27 each, so... Yeah, but if it's something you're interested in, then there'll be a few speakers there. Andy's going to be there and a few of us, so... Uh, it should be, should be, you know, hopefully worth the admission. And hopefully, you know, these things... Yeah, if, it, if it goes down well, then generally they, they put them on, you know, yearly, or... Hopefully, anyway, so... Uh, so I'll get into the Andy McGrath interview shortly. I just wanted to say that I will be posting, hopefully at some point during the week, I'll hopefully post a listener's story. Uh, I'm just in the middle of recording that, so I can't put it on today's show, but uh, in the middle of the week I will hopefully release that. So, yep, that being said, let's get into the interview. Yeah, Andy, uh, what have you been up to then? So, um, I've been very, very, very busy making a nuisance of myself uh, here and in the US as well. And I've, I've got myself a few talks uh, booked. I, I've done one or two here already uh, for the Ghost Club and some other people in the UK. Um, and that's the Ghost Club. It's like a, it's an old paranormal, oldest, in fact, Ghost Club, I think, in, in Europe or the world, maybe Europe. Uh, that used to have Peter Cushion and Tim Dinsdale as their members. Ah, right. Which is Peter which Cushion. awesome in there. Peter Cushion. Yeah. And so I, I got to sit in the room that he sat in and, you know, yeah, Hammer fan. I'm a big Hammer fan. So am I. So that was really nice. And, um, and I, I talked to them about a little blog I did called Peddling the Paranormal, which is, it was all about, you know, how with the, the lack in institutional religious, constructs in in the west we've started to to place our spiritual needs onto things that we're interested in so like paranormal bigfoot you know uh, portals and gifting and telepathic messages and all this kind of stuff and the big you know draw a red circle around it crew um are <laughs> yeah. constantly sending me pictures yeah uh, bless them uh, of i saw a picture i saw a picture on that just just breaking there i just saw a picture on that the other day i was telling you yeah someone put like a one of them red hula hoops against the bed yeah, <laughs> and said, so, "Can you see the ghost?" And everybody was just looking at the hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, I mean, you could you could just go on forever with it. I had a, somebody used to send me a lot, and they were really earnest. And I I truly believe that this person was being earnest, um, either in in some sort of mental instability or actual hallucinations. But whatever they, they if they weren't hallucinations, what they were telling me they were seeing was not visible in the picture that's kind of the bottom line so there was be you know in this picture today was two dog men and i've drawn a circle around where they would be and I'll just be really honest and say look I'm, I'm really sorry um 
I can't see anything. Mm. And then they would say, well, it's because they're cloaked, they're invisible. And I said, well, if they're invisible, you why did you take them, yeah. a picture? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me. If you tell me that you saw them cloaked and become invisible, that's much more plausible to me than a picture of nothing or trees or whatever. Uh, it doesn't prove anything to me. Um, and there was a bit of sort of a heated discussion. I said, look, and I, it's never my business to tell the witness that I didn't see what they saw because I wasn't there. I can't say yes or no. So I always accept whatever they tell me, whether I print or publish it or not. That's down to, you know, what you think is more accurate and what's not so accurate. But I never say, no, you didn't. That's rubbish. Nothing like that. I might just say, I can't see anything in your picture. And, um, and unfortunately, that doesn't count as evidence to anybody no. but yourself. So I've been doing stuff like that, and we had a nice talk, and the ghosty guys, they were really open to that side of things. So we had a good chat about it. Um, and then I've been booked in for something called British Cryptids, which is happening in uh, near Manchester. I think it's in Barry, and that's the first Barry, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Barry, first ever British cryptid um first ever British cryptid conference in the UK. So um they're really trying to get people interested in that at the moment and get on to, to putting some, you know, ticket sales in because uh, I think it is slightly struggling at the moment being the first one of its kind so um, Christopher Turner who's organised that I know he's quite keen to get the ticket sales in uh, otherwise it might not go ahead unfortunately okay. uh, and then after that I'm booked in for International Cryptid uh, uh, Cryptozoological Conference in uh, in Portland, Maine in September with Lauren Coleman Ooh, and yeah. then I'm one week with Katie Elizabeth, the champ lady at Lake Champlain, uh, for a week after and then CryptidCon in Kentucky on the 8th and 9th. So, um, so busy, busy, busy. yeah, and I know I'm going on. <laughs> you asked me, and I've not stopped. Uh, apart from that, there's just one other thing which I've, I've done a little pilot for the Beast of Britain series now, and I'm meeting some, some execs to pitch that next week. So, Fingers crossed that they won't just laugh at me and kick me out of their office. <laughs> well, you never know. Well, I mean, you got you, you got no to lose, have you? So I, they could say, "Oh, and that's you know, that's better than a kick in the teeth." Well, absolutely, but I definitely think there's an interest in in cryptozoology, massive interest in it. Who's I mean, that? look at the look Who's at the now? popularity of you know things like not finding Bigfoot. And, yeah, <laughs> you know. And it, literally, it's the same. It's the same shit every every week on there, isn't yeah. it? Um, it's yeah. The same format, and nobody's yeah. ever gone. I don't like. I mean, you know, the hardcore fans don't say I'm not interested in it anymore. No, they don't get me wrong. I still watch it. Do yeah. <laughs> I love it? I love it. But then you got like you know, then you got like the uh, the mountain monsters, is it? Yeah. 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 And again, no. that, again, that's more comedy than you know. It's, I don't, it, it, yeah, Killing it's, Bigfoot was the other one. Oh, killing Bigfoot, yeah, they don't have the first clue about, um, you know, about tracking animals and all the rest of it. I mean, they make they make it sound good, but they're going yeah. in there, the banging sticks. The, I mean, one of them, one of the episodes I watched, there was um, listen to this noise for about ten minutes, and it turned out to be two of the two of the friends coming up the fucking path. And I was thinking, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. just, you know, what I mean, this is just not taking it serious so- at all. So with my series idea, this is going to be a bit more realistic mm. um, in the sense of we don't – I mean, after you know, people have spent 84 years looking for Nessie Loch Ness and uh, 12 seasons or whatever it is look, find, looking for Bigfoot and uh, 
And then they had the guys who intended to kill the Bigfoot that nobody could find for 12 seasons, mm. which is kind of ironic. Uh, but we don't know. It's got to be a bit more like, you know, the, the, you've got the show River Monsters. And then you've got the show Coast, which I love, even though it's a bit boring, because I'm really square. You go around to all the coastal towns, you see the wonderful things, they give you a bit of history. So our show will be more investigations, like River Monsters style, plus something about the background, the area, a few witnesses, and, you know, so fleshing it out with really nice things if we find something, mm. um, which for God's sake, I hope we don't. I'm sure we'll be, the, you know, tomorrow's Todd Standing, vilified and discredited and people will be arguing all over the internet about what a bunch of hoaxes or real deals we are. So um, I did actually say to the, the guy who produced this documentary, I said, oh, we're out there at Lake Windermere looking for Bo Nessie. So we did a big uh, pilot up there. That was the pilot, uh, Search of Bo Nessie, Dragon of the North. And um, we're there, and I said, for goodness sake, Chris, if you see something in the water, turn the camera away. <laughs> because, you know, it's what you have to consider in this field is if you yes you want to find something that's really the whole point but at the same time when you look and what happens to people who say they do find something would you really want to be that person it's a life changer uh and usually not for better oh yeah yeah, uh, but yeah. yeah so um i do really want to prove these creatures exist but i'm not sure i want the attention Ah, uh, well, if you get any video like that, send it my way. I'll, I'll put it out for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Luke, Luke and Go, they did it. And, yeah. um, do it I'll take the ridicule. Yeah. We do anyway, yeah. don't we? Yeah. So, yeah. We do anyway. Yeah. But no, no, I think that is the next step. Obviously, it will come to that. I mean, at some point, a body will be found. Um, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll ever come out. Um, they don't want it to come out. They'll put out these shows, which is good for entertainment. And they are well, that's entertainment. It. That's all, that's all the, it's the for. Yeah. Um, they take, yeah. They, they take the piss out of it and the people like it and, but the, the reality behind it is they are out there, but these people behind the scenes don't want mm. it to be put out there. Well, there was a BBC thing recently, wasn't there? An article saying that there, somebody said that the government had purposely suppressed uh, stories intentionally of the Loch Ness Monster for yeah. you know the last four decades. And then I made a joke, knowing some of the um, evangelical skeptics of mm. Loch Ness, like Adrian Shine and Dick Rayner and those guys, having interacted with some of them, um, I made a joke. Uh, and I, it wasn't serious. I don't really believe they're being paid to suppress. I just believe they're evangelical skeptics. But I made a joke saying, perhaps this explains, you know, their, their <laughs> yeah. really anti-evidence uh, behavior for the last 40 years. Because Dick's been there for five decades. Adrian's been there for about four decades. And they're total unbelievers. Now, I, I say unbelievers because it does require a little bit of faith. But I think, you know, 12,000 sightings later, after 84 years, by, you know, let's say most people saw weird waves and catfish or whatever. Let's say 2,000 were, were right out of 12. That's still amazing. Yep. Mm. Don't have 12,000 Ogopogo sightings, do we? Or 12,000 Chab sightings. Loch Ness is unbelievable. Mm. And uh, I just, yeah, there was, what, nine last year. And some of them you look and say, okay, and that's, who knows what that is. And some are really credible. I mean, I know. You, well, I just to say, I know you get like Ogopogo T-shirts and stuff, but is is the, the is the the tourist trap uh, over there the same as what Loch Ness has got? Yeah, I mean Ogopogo. It's nobody and Champ a little bit as well. Nobody's really managed to master uh, the the um, 
the merch propaganda as much as the Loch Ness talk. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's because of the size of Loch Ness. You know, it's, what, 25 miles long? Yeah, mile true, off, yeah. At some yep. point, it's finite. You can get to it. I'm going to Lake Champlain with Katie. Uh, in, well, she lives there anyway. In September, it's 157 miles long. Mm. Um, you know, hundreds of feet deep in places. There's all kinds of islands and coves. It borders three states. Um, it would be hard to to merchandise it on the whole, but the kind of area we're going to be in Button Bay and this whole area has been lots of sightings. That's I think quite set up for it. But similarly with Wind- Lake Windermere that we went to recently, and when we asked a lot of locals about Bonessi, they either didn't want to know or they didn't know or they're embarrassed to talk about it. Some of these areas have such good tourism anyway, they don't, not unlike the Highlands, you know, they don't need a monster to bring it in. Whereas you've got Scotland, it's 250, 260,000 tourists yeah, yeah, every yeah. year. Yeah, um, I mean, you can't, you can't move in Windermere, can you, for no. tourists? So. No, and Windermere, yeah, you can't. They could probably I mean, do without it, yeah. So, it's insane. And, and one of the really interesting points about that, just really quickly, uh, about mistaken identity sightings at Loch Ness. Say you had, so you had nine last year. Say they were all mistaken identity uh, sightings. Other things, you know, wakes and waves and otters and whatnot and seals. That's actually not enough for 250,000, 260,000 people trained on the lock all year round. You'd expect if if it lends itself to that sort of that many mistaken identities, it's actually not enough. There should be hundreds of mistaken identities every year um, because all these tourists, you know, you go to Loch Ness, it is bumpy. It's got this weird undercurrent. The waves do look odd the way that the uh, wind hits them. Yeah, the waves break. Yeah, yeah. It is going all directions and it's choppy, and they, you, you get little, little boat wakes for like a minute yeah, or two you get afterwards. That sort of undulating um, crest, don't the, you? The Okopogo wake is yeah, what you yeah. get. Um, and you, you, you would think, well, there should be hundreds of these actually, if 260,000 people who want to see it are going there every year. So actually, it's odd that there aren't more. Hmm. Yeah, that's one. I mean, you've twisted that round, so it sounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes yeah. it kind of makes sense. Yeah, there should be more that's mistaken identities. Yeah, and there should be more. For that matter, there should be more uh, hoaxes if you if you want. You know, Loads even more. even. Yeah. yeah, loads more. Yeah, because uh, it's sellable. You know, people pick it up. The paper will pick it up. They'll pay you. The mirror, the sun, those guys, they'll pay you if it looks credible enough. And it doesn't have to be that credible for them, really, does it? They don't pay. They advertise as much. See something strange? Give us a call. Give us some money. Yep. You know? And, um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh, now, I, I think that's that's really encouraging. Once I started thinking of that, I was like, hang on a second. There aren't enough mistaken identities. So it must be real. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's a nice uh, way to think about it, sure. Well, uh, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, Andy, uh, I think one of the things I always think about is why is this uh, cryptids? Why we know they exist, we know they they exist allegedly. Alleged, but yeah, we know. We know it's too much. Too, yeah, too, <laughs> there's too much shit out there to say you're not. Yeah. Why is this information being suppressed? Why? Um, I think it's largely to do with. I I, I think it was to do with a philosophical viewpoint that um, to find a living dinosaur, and they're not dinosaurs, so they're, they're you know, prehistoric aquatic lizards, allegedly not, but they're from that time of the dinosaurs, yep. in that whole you know model of things, uh, the way things should have worked out. To find them is allegedly against the principle of 
evolution and materialism and uh, uniformity and how things have progressed over the years. But I don't actually, I mean, I do think, I don't believe in that geologic uh, column anyway, just because I know by their own admission it's a mental abstraction. And, and what I mean by that is that um, it's put together through correlations. So the column itself does not exist in any one single place in the world. They use correlations. So they say, you know, uh, this layer, this is Devonian. And, uh, and we've also found the Devonian layer over there in Argentina. So these two animals we've just found, they're in the same timeline, uh, which makes sense. That sounds pretty reasonable, right? Yeah. Um, apart from the fact <laughs> they put it together. So you say, how do you know it's Devonian? Or how do you know it's that rock layer? Sorry, some police sirens. They found me. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, they will come Exactly. I will continue on the way to the cells, I promise. And, um, yeah, so how do you know that it's, this old rock layer, and they say, well, because it's got this index fossil in it, so it makes it 60, 70, 100 million years old, whatever. You say, okay, that's fine, but how do you know the index fossil is that old? You say, oh, because it's in that rock layer. <clears throat> now, that's one of the like really unspoken aspects of geology, this use of correlation, circular reasoning to date everything, to put the column together. So I'm not here to argue evolution or or anything else. I just use it to argue that it doesn't prove that the creatures I believe still exist don't exist. Yeah. And for me, it's just that aspect. Well, you know, this... it, that, I mean, that's an interesting point of view that, I mean, I've not really thought about it, about, you know, the Loch Ness on the spectrum of evolution. Or, or, yeah, but if you think about this creature being first... I think it was around about 200 million years ago, first off, something yeah. like that, was it? Uh, I, I think so. I'm not entirely sure. Something like that. Yeah, and if it's still knocking around today, the same as what it was then, that that sort of, yeah. you know, that's strange, isn't it? I mean, no, you'd why would it be strange? I, I think it's, it's only because history is, is lied to us, you know, what, what, how, well, yeah, the, but... the, the dates, you know, this is so, this is, this is so, so, so time, this is so, so time. I think it's wrong. I think it's been. Uh, I mean, it's wrong. We've been here much long. Man's been here much, much, much longer than scientists. We're talking about Loch Ness, but yeah, I know. But I'm saying the players are. But do you think? I mean, the the fact that it's still the same as the 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 skeletal replicas and all the rest of it. Do you think that it it lends more weight to it being in man's imagination rather than? I don't, and the reason I don't is because look at the coelacanth. That's the same, Uh, and yet. Got it absent for seventy million years um, by their, you know, by their uh, their time scale. Look at the crocodile; that's the same, although smaller. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's the same animal essentially. Megalodon is essentially a large, great white, isn't it? Um, the horseshoe crab is exactly the same, and that's at the very, very bottom of the the geologic column. And yet, it has the most complicated um, eye that's ever been found in any animal in the whole of. Uh, of the world, the whole of nature. So, how does something with the most complicated islands ever start at the beginning? You know uh, of that, and still be, and uh, how is it still here right now? Exactly the same as is the coelacan. So, I just think I'm not interested in the argument. I mean, if, if you put it me by religion, I would be a Christian, and that, that is my faith. And even though um, I, I used to be a strong believer in um they you call it christians they call it theistic evolution so that's that's a christian who believes that god created stuff but yeah. uh it happened over millions of years yeah so that's how i used to to think all the time so oh, well, that's fine and you know, I, I can sort of 
work that in somewhere. It doesn't exactly work with the religion, but that was my concept. Yeah, rather than the 6,000 uh, years. Yeah, rather than, rather than the 6. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> finding out about this whole um, correlation thing, I'm like, well, then I don't... And the, 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 the you know, like transitional forms, that's a big... Uh, that's a big fixer as well. You know, even Darwin said we should expect to find lots of trans- transitional forms if what my theory is true. And they well, still... We sh- well, we should and we shouldn't. I mean, be... not everything fossilizes uh, and... You know, no. So. Find something. Yeah. <laughs> something, at least, to say this became that. So what we see is... And, and it sounds like I'm going on a sort of a creationist tip here. It's not my perspective. It's not my, my um, drum to beat. It was just my reasoning for believing these things can still be around, which is yeah, yeah. a geology column is in itself just a mental abstraction by the admission of geologists and evolutionists, if you like, or materialists or whatever, scientists. Mm. Um, they say it's a mental abstraction. Things should look this way if the way we're putting things together is true. And it clearly is not. So there must be another explanation. That's what I'm saying. And within that explanation... I've got my Nessie and Ogopogo and, you know, Makalimbembe and yeah. Gigantopithecus from my yep. perspective. And all these things it all starts to make sense. Uh, which is, you could say it's wishful thinking, but there is this the scientific fact behind it, or lack of, if you like, to lead me to that, that thought process. Fair enough. Well, I can't disagree with you. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah. I think... Um... I mean, on on Nessie itself. I mean, have you got a particular story that you know that's your favourite story that you've heard about Nessie? I've got a few actually. I mean, I love the land sightings because in the land sightings, it's very very hard to mistake it for something else, isn't it? You know, when you've got your your land sighting, when it's in the water, it's humps, it's waves, it's eels. It's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we spoke about this last time we had you on, didn't we? And that's, yeah. they are my favourite as well. I mean, people just driving up on this foggy. Can you imagine it, can't you? Up in the Highlands, driving long foggy night, drinking your whiskey, and then all of a sudden the fog clears and this thing is standing in the middle of the road. And you know, <laughs> you can't mistake that. I mean, there's you know, there's nothing that big, the size of an no. elephant and bigger than running around in the Scottish Highlands, is there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but the guy who saw it crossing the road, the first guy, he was a he was a vet. Yeah, the yeah. guy who nearly hit on his mo- motorcycle. So, d- does he? Nobody's not not nobody's looking. Like, does he mistake a, a a big herd of deer for a long necked monster from the uh, Cretaceous or whatever? You know, yeah. no, it's a bit and of a stretch, isn't it? It's a bit of a stretch. It's a stretch, yeah. and that's what you normally find with the skeptics is either. You acknowledge the sighting, but admit that the witness could have been mistaken. That's the normal yeah. way to yeah, go yeah. for it. Well, you, you saw know, something, but it uh, wasn't what you saw. It was Venus. Yeah, yeah. It was the Russians. Uh, the Russians, they, they've been responsible for a lot of sightings over the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be somebody. You know, uh, Blame it on somebody. I mean, there's, there's a lot. There was one in 1999. I'm just looking for it now, actually. Um, oh, here we go. So 22nd of Feb, 1999. For the first time since uh, 1963, Nessie was spotted out of the water on the shores of Loch Ness by an American visitor to the area. This unique sighting took place at 8.30 in the evening on the beach between Doris and Foyers. That's a hot spot for sightings. And it was said to be between 10 to 15 metres. Now, that's not a seal. No. no. It had a long neck and it scurried off into the water as the man approached. So I don't know of any seal that comes not, ashore there. It's not a sturgeon either, is it? 
No, I can't give a sure. So it could only be an eel, uh, sorry, a seal. Yeah, or if an otter, was... I guess. Or an otter. But otter can man. You... Could be otter man. An otter or a seal, I'm thinking that's 10 to 15 meters long. Mm. And what is that? 40, 50 feet? 40 feet, I think, 15 40 meters. Feet. Yeah. yeah. So it's 40, 40 feet. 40 feet. Bus. 40. Okay. That's I mean, a... that's. Is that the length of a bus? Yeah, so it's quite big. So you, you can't really be, you can't really mistake that, can you? No. You know. No, but there's, like you say, I mean, there's enough people, and this—it's not like a Nessie. It's, oh, you know, we'll, we'll get off Nessie in a minute. I know, but we'll, uh, oh, you know, Nessie's not a one-trick pony, is it? It's not like you know, one person saw it once. You know, like you get a few aliens, don't you? Where people saw, yeah. you know, this particular alien once, and we never heard of it again. Or oh, yeah, you know, yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. But but Nessie, uh, it, it, again, it pops up. Every now and again, and it's the same description, you know. The witness changes, but it's, it's you know, exactly. very, you know, similar description each time. So, I mean, that again lends weight to it. Again, with Bigfoot, I mean, Bigfoot, you get varying descriptions, but when you plot them on a map, they tend to be similar descriptions in a similar area. Ooh. Again, so there's a good point. The one that you're mentioning there, similar descriptions, corroborative evidence. So, when when I looked at lake monsters and sea monsters, for instance. I look all around the world, all the descriptions, to get my corroborative testimony yeah, from the witness. Yeah. Because they don't know each other. They're not in the same place. They're not all at Loch Ness or Champlain or Lake Lipinkia or, or wherever, uh, Lake Okanagan. So then they're, they're descriptions of what seem to be two or three different types of similar creatures. Um, yeah, they, they match up then, the, the, the couple of humps. That's one of the most regular descriptions of all lake monsters. Three to four humps, three to five humps, that mm. kind of thing. Or a, a boat-shaped um, hump or something that looks a bit arched. Mm. It tends to have some sort of flexibility. It, it moves, it flattens out, it, it you know, it, it humps. Yeah. Does that, uh, a neck, small head, horse-like, dog-like, steel-like. I was going to make, I was just going to say, I mean, when I hear about more than, you know, one hump, you know, when I, when I understand about like a string of humps, it, it sort of makes me think more of like a, maybe a giant serpent. Well, obviously, people in them days thought it was a serpent. Yes. I mean, a serpent, by definition, is a kind of dragon. It's not a snake um, by by traditional definition. So my my mother's surname, for example, is um, Orm, which is an old English Norse word, or not Norse word, it's also English, which means uh, sea serpent. Like a like a Lindorm or a, 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 a worm, like W I U R M, Orm, O R M. So uh, oddly, and I only found that much off much later after getting into like monsters. I don't know if it's got anything to do with it, but you know, it's an interesting sort of background name that it means that. Um, we get the word worm then. Worm, it's where worm comes from. Mm-hmm. It means a serpent, like a dragon. Yeah. It doesn't mean um, a snake or. Is it the lantern worm, the famous one with the lantern worm? Yeah, when he, he got, got he got covered in, in yeah, he fought yeah. the serpent worm thing. Yeah, well, was it lantern? Well, well, was it lantern? Lantern, yeah. Lantern or lantern? The knight with the the the, the um, razor sharp armor. That's, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, we'll, and we'll have to cover that story at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot yeah. of these could be old tales of things like you know lizards, like lizards. Maybe lizards like Komodo dragons lived in countries like this in times gone by. They're often sp- spoken of of having a kind of poison, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and when we discovered the Komodo dragon, which is, which, think of it, that's a recent, that was a cryptid, if so not too long ago. Same with the gorilla. Yeah. 
Um, these things are like the giant squid. Oh my gosh, the kraken! I remember kraken. my yeah. um, my sister's father-in-law. He's dead now. He was in the navy in the war, talking about an experience they had, where a giant squid attached itself to their um, the ship, yeah. to the bottom of the ship, and nobody ever believed them. They thought they all made it up. That's not why. Yet, that's not why he's deceased, is it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. He died. He died of old age. But um. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this would have been in the, I think, in the fifties or something like that, um, maybe the fifties. Um, but which where was which part of the world was that in? Oh, I don't know. No, he actually right. never. Um, it could have been fact, anywhere. Though, I, he might have mentioned it, but I, um, I never actually bothered to check. Just the story itself. But even when he first told it, this was a creature still thought of here as being mythical. Uh, you know, tall yeah, yeah. tales. All, the, all of that stuff. And now we've, you know, we've got a few bits of footage of them. A few people have caught them. You, know, you can get onto YouTube and find a, quite a few, you know, colossal squid or giant squid bits of footage that 20, 30, 40 feet and, and say, okay, so that's, it looks normal now because we know it's there. I think it's easier for people to accept that there could be something lurking in the ocean. Uh, a lot easier than, you know, to when people say, you know, there's these things running around the woods and that, you know, they're just a few feet from your house even. Uh, obviously, that tends to make people a bit more dubious. So, you know, we, and I was thinking about this earlier, and I mentioned it, me and Andy was talking, but what is your... Say you've got a sceptic, yeah? And yeah. they don't believe in this... And I'm not saying that you believe in every cryptid, because clearly, you know, some are more, you know, believable yeah. than others. Ooh. But what is your go-to piece of evidence uh, if you wanted to convince someone, not convince someone, but maybe change their mind a, a little bit, give them something to think about. What is your go-to piece of evidence for that? Oh, if, for, for Bigfoot, for example. Well, for any, um, yeah, well, well, any cryptid, but yeah. For yeah. Okay, for anything. I think Bigfoot, we've got the best one. And I everybody references this, but the Patterson-Gimlin footage. So they've done the most experiments on that. One, you can see the musculature of the creature moving beneath the fur. It was created at a time where we, the Planet of the Apes had come out, and even the creator of that particular series admitted that they couldn't put anything like that together themselves. Um, two, we've got the animal has a, a gait that is that we've been completely unable to reproduce. We've been unable to get anybody to walk in the same way that the animal walks. Yeah, even the, even, at all. <clears throat> sorry, even the guy that said that he was in the suit can't walk like it walks. He can't do it. And yeah. look at the suit they put him in to, to, to mimic, you know, that whole thing. It was just so awkward. And if you take the guy out, he just looks like a guy getting paid, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't prove he is. But with that particular bit of evidence, I just thought, you know what? They can't reproduce the gate. That's the biggest thing. You know, maybe there was some secret super suit maker. You know, we still can't make suits like that. Even when you do CGI, it's hard to do fur, you know, so you... Well, that's... that's. Uh, the, I mean, that is the problem with that piece of footage, is uh, is the suit is probably worth more, or was worth more at the time, than, than the actual yeah. footage, you know? They would have got more money oh, for the suit yeah. than you would have, you know? Yeah, there's no way Patterson ever... I mean, he should have been in Hollywood, right? That yeah. guy, if, if he could have affected that, and he didn't really make a big killing off of that. You say Bob Gilman's started there doing the talks every year and going around. Was he 85? Yeah, you know, still going around and talking. Yeah. And maybe that's his career now. But you know, I know personally now from doing some of this stuff, it's not, it's not a payday kind of um, profession. Cryptozoology. You know, even he's probably just making ends meet, going around the place and selling a couple of t-shirts and 
appearing on shows and doing little talks and things. I don't think he's uh, he's raking in it. He's not in a mansion somewhere. No, he's no, probably travelling yeah, around. No, he's staying, he still lives in his ranch and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's not. He's not. Yeah. yeah, he's not a millionaire. Like no, by no, no. means. Yeah, no, no. Uh, you know, he's a retiree, and for somebody to be doing something like that at eighty-five, even though he might love it, I don't think he's doing it for the love personally. I mean, I think he loves it, but I don't think that's the driving force behind appearing all over the country when you're 85. No. You want to have a rest, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's putting, yeah, he's putting the effort in, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a fit guy, but looks a bit, you know, he's obviously a cowboy. He's, um, I'm sure he got outrun the best of us still, yeah. actually. Me, for sure. That's that's for certain. But these kinds of things, I think that one, that is a given. That's a definite. You can't fake that. I think the Tim Dinsdale footage of... um of a creature in 1960, you know, um, the big wake with the hump that was, uh, that was examined by, I think with people from the, uh, they were from that. So who are they from? There were some real specialists at that time in, uh, in fakery and in unknown objects I think from the Navy or something. Anyway, I don't have the exact uh, body, so I won't speculate, but that was examined. That was never proved to be false. And I think that's really great. One of my favorite ones and a lot of people try to take this down, is the Lagerfjord, uh, a worm that was filmed twice in 2012 in Iceland, in uh, Lake Lagerfjord. Um, and this looks to be a creature be about 60 feet long, long and serpentine, like we discussed before, bumpy like a crocodile with a big snake-like head, swimming sideways near to a, um, a riverbank against current and ice flow. And somebody trying to make out the first one, it was being dragged along, but I don't know of anything to be dragged along securely like that um, against an oncoming current and ice flow. And the second clip, you see at the Lagerfjord worm, it's actually swimming under bits of ice and around it, tipping the surface and going back under. So you see the long animal swimming beneath and above the surface. I just don't know anybody who could fake something like that. Uh, so I, that, for me, is one of the most positive ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the Loch Foyle monster sighting. You know, the boys making their film out in Loch Foyle and yep. the big hump comes past them. Somebody tried to say that they were dragging that underwater. I don't know how they could have done that. <laughs> you know, it's really incredible. I mean, they had these, these film students had a submersible and, uh, <laughs> you know, and a big prosthetic hump. And they got, what was it, like 20,000 views. And they didn't even post the film that they were filming anyway. <laughs> like, just, you got to think about what, what's the gain. If there's no gain, and most of the attention you get is really negative, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you do, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's negative. Uh, I mean, when I was in the medical service recently, I was there for seven or eight years, I wouldn't have gone public with most of the stuff I'm doing. If I found something, I thought that would be my job, you know? It, that is sad, isn't it? it, it I mean, it's, yeah. it's a sad indictment of society still. That... Well, that's it. People rather uh, watch... Britain's Got Talent or Coronation Street, oh, then then look at the real truth or oh, something, yeah, true, yeah. you know. But, but this no, is the but mindset you've got to get past. You can't get yeah. past it because it's so low. So, you know, you've got to get try yeah. and get above that and say, people look at, as you said before, Andy, some of these shows, Finding Bigfoot, it's all entertainment. All about it just to entertainment. keep them entertained yeah. and happy. You know, yeah. you know. same with uh, Most Haunted. You see yeah. that now, don't you, Lee? Oh, yeah. Which says, entertainment purposes only. So yeah, how do you know yes. what they're putting on film is is real? Are they yes. adding to that? No, I don't know. So you won't know, yeah. would you? Yeah, yeah. I'm you not know. sure. I, I'm... 
Sorry, we all spoke. Yes, okay. No, no, wait for okay. you. Guys. Wait for you, Andy. Yeah, you're in charge. <laughs> no, it's not that, but um, you've got to come me off the I can really run with it sometimes. Um, what I was going to say, but it's entertainment. What we want to do is something that's respectful and entertaining, but is real. And the way we're going to do it, or we attempt to do it, uh, intend to do it, is by not promising anything. We're not promising you a crypto. We're telling you about the sightings. It's about the mystery about what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an investigation, but we're not saying you know, maybe we're going to turn something up and this is the time we're going to find it. And you know that was a squatch, <laughs> uh, because probably it isn't. I, I did a little investigation last year in uh, in Isha. That's in Surrey. It's not far from me. And there were some woods there, and uh, they're little woods, but they lead on to a, like a motorway and a green corridor that goes all the way down to the South Downs. So it's a nice escapeway. And we went through this wood at night, and uh, we just we didn't hear anything about it. We thought we'd check it out. There'd been a road sighting in 2012, not far from there. And so we, we looked in, and we got there. We saw some bushcraft, you know, some really good bushcraft in the woods. That was nice and tidy. Then we saw further on some big X's, photographs of them actually. Behind the X's was like a big log jumble with logs stuck in all over the place. We took some photos there. Then we went on a bit further and found a little tiny pinned arch. You know what that is? Like a little bowed tree that's been bent over and pinned with another tree. And these are some of the signs that people talk about. And it was very clear that it was was done there intentionally. Even the end of the tree under the log had grown flat. It had been there for a while. What was the what was the sighting of? Sorry. Uh, this, so this was an investigation that we did, and uh, so afterwards. No, sorry, no, you said that in 2012 there'd been a. Oh, sorry, uh, yeah. 2012 there was there was a couple driving along the road. Uh, uh, what's the road? Uh, I don't. Do I still have it? Sorry, out in the midst here. Um, it was towards Easter anyway. It was sorry. It was a Surrey road sighting, and they they saw a large strange hair kind of covered man run across the road in front of them late at night in a taxi and jump over the barrier and go up a, a bank. So, you know, this could have been like mm. a big man in a, in a coat or something, but it was... Yeah, strange. It, it, <laughs> it's not likely, is it, really? Yeah. <laughs> and I did try to get a couple. We've got a property company now to, to do a little interview and they, they refused simply because they didn't want the attention. And that's yeah. mostly what happens when I'm trying to get people to interview they say, well, no, I don't want to be on TV because um, maybe you know, maybe it won't be good for me. Maybe it won't be good for my business or my career. People say, well, you know what, well, we're going to promote Luke and Andy, but they believe in the paranormal and strange creatures, so let's give it to the other guys because then we won't have to listen to it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is one of those, it's one of those things. Um can't remember what the sighting was, the road sighting. Anyway, so we were in these woods, and it all looked pretty convincing, you know? And later, we posted the film and the pictures, and somebody drew a red circle around the X's and behind the trees with the log jumble, there was eye shine of two, what looked like eye shine anyway. And said, look, you found eye shine. And it was a bit of a creepy woods. There were some sort of bird calls and warnings when we went into a little bit of it. It felt a bit creepy. Um, but... I've got to admit, when I look at that, that, well, okay, you know, we're lo- close to a, an urban setting. Um, there was bushcraft there, so the rest of it could have been, you know, junior bushcraft, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and the exes could have been tree fells. And uh, some gypsies sometimes, apparently, gypsy folk, or sort of traveler folk, use uh, things like pinned arches to, to give signals to each other as to where things could be or directions are. 
allegedly they use those signals. So could be that. So I've got to look at that and say, and the two eyes could have been, could have been an owl. Yeah, there are owls out there. So why am I thinking Bigfoot before an owl? You've got to apply that kind of stuff all the time. Oh yeah. Um, it has to be really, really convincing. And remember, we're following stick signs. You're following evidence that's not proved anyway. It's just what we think. Yeah, we, well, we think the markers aren't. I think they're markers, but you know, again, they could be. Yeah. Rubbish bushcrafters learning their trade. Well, we heard uh, <clears throat> an interesting tale about uh, a fellow who was on some private land, and this is a this is a wooded area. Um, obviously, it's restricted area. It's it's uh, a fence. It's like a fence, and then a hundred yards, another fence kind of area. And it's it's woodlands around this factory, if you okay. like. And it's restricted area, like I say. And there's two fences either side, so nobody goes in this area. Okay. And this fellow was walking through there. And he spotted up in trees, you know, like you get like a little fork in a tree, uh, oh, yeah. about six foot off the ground. He, he kept noticing that the branch had been laid in these forks every now and again. He'd see a branch yeah. just laid in there. Um, and again, you know, it's not like a, a tree fell in there Ooh. because there's no, tr- you know, the trees are they're at quite, quite, you know, yeah. sp- sporadic in there. Uh, if you might, you know, mostly it's like just uh, overgrown sort of like, you know, like a you know, bramble bushes, that kind of shit, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, for these, he found that quite significant and, uh, you know, it's strange. I mean, what do you make of something like that? I mean, do, I, mean... I, I, I don't exclude it at all. I, I, in fact, I, I think a lot of it is really significant. I, I'm just really talking about the difficulty of counting it as evidence um, because oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we do catalogue them and I know the British Bigfoot research team are great at cataloguing them mm. and sort of trying to build up a picture of what they're meaning. They're starting to get some ideas about it now. I just really saying in the sense of, I do believe they come close to towns, yeah. but in the place that I was in, the, the presence of bushcraft there, even though I couldn't see these exes in the old jumble being a bit of bushcraft, it, I had to eliminate it because I had to sort of put it in the maybe pile. It was just too much human activity around to, to prove it. So um, I definitely take them in and think, okay, maybe this thing in this year, let's let's sort of stick around in this area. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're really out in the wilds, and I know the, the British Bigfoot Research Team this weekend, they're up in a an, a secret um, location in Scotland that's a habituation site. They've been invited up by a witness who's been having continual experiences there, and um, I don't even know where it is. It's a it's a really secret location, and it's out in the wilds of Scotland somewhere. That's more significant. If you're you got 1.9% urban population in Scotland, you know? It's uh, yeah. it's a vast area with hardly any people there. Four million people total, I think, or something like that. So this is an area we could really, really find something. Um, and I think if I found it in the middle of the woods there or up a mountain, I found, you know, a mountain that's not on a walking path, some sort of stone stack or some sort of glyph on the floor, I'd be like, oh, okay, so... Uh, so what are we looking at here? Mm. Yeah, this this is got to be convincing to me too now because who's around? Yeah, I guess that I mean obviously the issue of these structures and such like is we unless we see the creature doing it, it's it's difficult yeah. to say. I mean we, we can have a fair idea, can't we? But yeah, like you say, it's sad yeah. these days with the technology we supposedly have, you know, we've got to go to these lengths where you know maybe that's not really what happened and maybe they're not doing it, you know. But these are 
all over the world, aren't they? Mm. You know, they're, they're exactly the yeah. same structures, exactly the same markers. Yeah. Same, you get the same eyewitnesses, and it's still, oh, well, we don't know, you know. Well, well you know, the, the evidence is overwhelming to me. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've got, uh, what was that, uh, eight? Was it, uh, it was one, it's one from sort of our ancient past. Is it Hygel? in Africa, hunting bush babies uh, with sticks they've made into spears. Really? Um, yeah, so that's chimps. I mean, they're intelligent. I mean, if the chimps are if, coming for us, planet yeah, the apes. Yeah, I think they've always done stuff like that. I mean, um, the uh, oh, what's that monkey called? Campuchin. Campuchin monkey um, uses rocks to smash open uh, nuts. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Capuchin. So, yeah. so does. Um, old, I, mean, that, I mean, that's got a small yeah. brain compared yeah, to. Yeah, even the uh, ravens do that, don't they? You know, yeah. uh, crows. Crows do it. Ravens do it. Yeah. Uh, there was even one guy. I think he was in the states. He actually invented this machine, um, and what it did, it gave peanuts out if you put a coin in. So uh, yeah, it trained a couple of crows. I think it was crows. Yeah. Did, oh, you, yeah. did you see that? Yeah, he trained a couple of crows. They're really to, smart. Yeah, yeah, to pick up coins and put them in there. Then he just released them yeah. in the street. And next thing, all, it, those crows were telling other crows, and all these crows were finding coins, loose change, and filling this machine up to get the peanuts out. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, that, that proves then that, that it's actually a mindset, not the brain. It's, it's a mind. It spreads out, you know, nature. Well, it's, it's connected it's, with nature, it's, aren't they? It's, it's risk, it's risk and reward. And I mean, you're getting, they're, getting, you know, they're getting rewarded without really any effort, aren't they? Yeah, you know? of course. So, um, you know, animals do that, don't they? Well, yeah, well, uh... Where do you something? I tell you what's the most um, the most perplexing thing, or the most confusing thing about animal intelligence, is that we are surprised that they're intelligent. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's what's most confusing yeah. about it. Like we have, just... like we have the authority on intelligence. Yeah. yeah, and we always think it's brain size. You know, intelligence yeah. is, is is relative to what you need to do as a as a as a uh, a being. So, you know, we have to do all these. They say your brain can do billions of computations, much more than a computer. Yeah, but my brain can't, you know, assess a bunch of data all at once and, like, produce it for you and find out what's missing there. You know, everything has its own specification. An octopus doesn't have a brain like a dolphin, but it's so intelligent within its realm. Yeah. You know, um, to survive. You know, to survive, it can mask itself in, into any sort of color you know lots of them again anyway that, that, that have color changing abilities they crawl out onto the land they do it at night time because they know in the daytime they don't have um they don't have the uh, what is it in their eyes it basically they don't have that protection from the sun Not from the uv light, yeah. so they have to come out at night so they come out at night and sometimes they've hunted animals on shore mm. they've taken creatures um, and that's amazing. Or you see them in aquariums climb out of one tank, go into another, feed on some fish. And it was, I think there was a, an experiment or something a scientist noticed that the fish were going missing in one tank. And in the corner, there was a tank with an octopus. And every night they filmed it. He was coming out, going into the other tank, taking a fish, and then going back. Yeah. And you know, this is just relevant to what your species has to do. Like the dolphin working with fishermen to corral fish in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
to their nests. It's fantastic. Same with, yeah, and the, I mean, people use birds for that as well, don't they? They, uh, they yeah, uh, herons, yeah. Uh, yeah, cormorants. That's what they use in China yeah. to help them fish. <coughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's clever, really, when you think about it. Yeah, you know, again, they as you know, I've always said, they're connected to the earth. They're connected to Mother Nature, so you know, it's like a radio signal from one to one. You know, we're, mm. we're human man is kind of disconnected in a way. Yes. Yeah, our intelligence yeah. disconnected us in, yes. in the sense of we've grown beyond it in some respect. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've, you know, we're too far the other way now. Yeah, I think, I think we're, so, yeah. we're done for, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. But... Uh, yeah, we are in a bit of a I mean, I'm, I'm almost wanting to say, you know, assume that Bigfoot's uh, an ape and give him our intelligence, but channel that intelligence just to survival and see what you get and you end up with you know a really smart ape that can basically hide uh cloaks you know well not, I don't go, go that play far, but... go places but then materialize materialize here and there whenever he wants to go but as i'm saying that i'm thinking I'm, I'm sort of withdrawing from that because i don't really feel that he's just an ape you know yeah um i mean what, what do you make of the bigfoot situation where do you think he stands in Lineage wise, and um, I mean, I, I am just in the Gigantopithecus camp very firmly, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and I know that the fossil evidence for that particular ape is very sparse, but we it's don't have any evidence. There's a few jaw bones yeah. and a few teeth, and uh, I think there may be even a mantle or something somewhere, but there's no, there's nothing to give it proportion or even to define whether it's uh, quadrupedal or bipedal, actually. Um, and I would. I would go into that and say, well, let's, you know, we we found these fossils that seem to to belong to a very large extant ape, and yet here we are having these sightings all around the world of something that that uh, seems to match that. Now, I think when people say it kind of looked a bit human, it kind of looked a bit like an ape, I think it's because it's got a flat face. So most apes and monkeys have a muzzle, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. But the description of the um, the Sasquatch or the wild man or even the orang pendic. It's, it has a separate nose and mouth and separate lips on a flat face. And I think that's a very human attribute. So that's when we look and we say, well, it was kind of human, but not really. We're confused about it because of this flat face. Um, that's one of the things that stands out to me. This We definitely had a, a period uh, where we, we, we mated with... <laughs> If you want to say that, I mean, you can go online and look at people mating with animals now, can't you? But well, they did in Atlantis, so it's a different kind of. That's why that's why you got your chips. We, we definitely... I'm aware of that particular <laughs> deviation, but yeah, I, I'm yeah. sure it won't leave my imagination. I've been disturbing me yeah. for a week to come. Well, don't, yeah, don't, anyway. don't Google it. But uh, <laughs> I won't. Obviously, we had the we had a time period where we were, you know, uh, Neanderthals. Actually, I don't think that was the other way around. I think Neanderthals were using us rather than us using them, but. Um, you know, so is I mean, it is possible that we mate with a few variant uh, species at the time, but but see, then that, that has its own problems because then you've got a situation where, and obviously we're talking about Bigfoot here, but then you've got a situation where the Bigfoot's not um, evolved. If it was around the same time as us when we were mating with it, uh, then you know to make it more look more human. Esque, or it was made with us. If you if you uh, listen to the Native Americans' text stories and that, yeah, then why is it sort of stuck in time? You know, I I you know for me personally, I don't believe 
that I, I might we all know that Neanderthal was not an ape in any sense whatsoever. No, and that even if he was found right now in a suit in the middle of central London, like probably no more out of place than anybody else. There were there were people, a different kind of people, but there were people still, um, and not ape like. But with all the other transitional forms, I don't believe there was interbreeding and mating. I think what happens in our minds is that we've got this set of preconceptions about how things have happened. When something unusual is put into the mix, we have to blend it. So that's what happens in Loch Ness, you know, with the giant long-necked seal uh, yeah. theory. But there's not one of them in the fossil record anywhere, but I, I think there may be one now, actually. But there's nothing that's supposed to be still living. And yet, that's more preferable to us than thinking there's a plesiosaur, for example, because that's harder to swallow than this creature we don't have any evidence for. And the same thing with this sort of transitional forms of man. That's, again, a bit of a dubious area. But for the Bigfoot, for this for it standing upright uh, and being bipedal, um, for it having this flat face without a muzzle or tending to have for most forms that are, that are observed, we have to come up with some man-like um, mix. It was intelligent, intelligent enough to stay away from us. Um, it had... I think a lot of what people describe as, as human-like is it's its intelligence that they observe in the face when it's watching them. You can feel something just as strong when you sit next to a, uh, you know, an orangutan or you know, a oh, chimpanzee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're looking at you intently. Gosh, you know, I've had a couple of, um, I've got a couple of stare downs with rabbits mm-hmm. and felt that the creature is looking intently at me if you've got pets, dogs, cats. Um, it's understanding there. But and, and obviously... It's hard for us to swallow that something can be not us and yet intelligent enough to stay away and walk on two legs. Other animals walk on two legs. Dinosaurs, some of them walked on two legs. They're not human. You know, there's plenty of creatures that walk on two legs and they're not us. But of course, being bipedal, being um, humanoid in stance is confusing for us. So I, I don't personally, I could be very wrong, I admit that, don't personally think it's a human hybrid. I think it's it's a really advanced ape, and for the most part, they stayed away from us, but obviously not effectively. The, the stories of trolls and the wood woes and um, the, the hairy wild devils in Australia and in America and all these places have had these, um, oh, the Yeti, they've had yeah. these legends over the years. You know, things were myth and legend before because there were no newspapers to spread that or international television satellites. And now we've got all of these things. We share them on social media or in newspapers. And you go, well, that's interesting, but, uh, you know, who knows? Genova. And that's yeah. it. It's gone. They were being reported right to the very present day, as they were always. But we've never acknowledged it because we've never had a, a proper chance to study them. Indeed. Uh, maybe maybe we will. Maybe we won't. I, I don't think we will. Who knows? Yeah, yeah who knows? I'm sure that the people to capture the first one will have a bloody fight on their hands because they seem to be incredibly strong, and powerfully built. Anyway, so um, yeah. let's yeah. see what happens. Yeah. I, I, I don't have I don't have high hopes for them capturing the species personally. Yeah, I definitely have. I definitely ever will. So, no, neither. The, the, well, the, the fantastic trappers. Like, fant- no, they they blend in so well. They just use nature. They blend in. They use the earth and. You know, it's it's just amazing. I've heard some stories of these, and they just disappear in the tree line. You can't see them, gone. And they, but they yeah. could be two feet from you, and you you couldn't see them. They blend in so well. Yeah, well, there's, there's, there's better places around the world. 
to, to capture them. And also you've got deforestation, haven't you, where the forests yeah. are coming down and this, and of course, you know, that could be the habitat you're destroying at home. So maybe this is why we're getting more reports of them coming out, coming out of it more. So. Yeah. I, I personally think the best place to go to search for a Bigfoot like creature would be in Australia and to search for the Yowie. And the reason for it is is that the creature seems to be more aggressive and more bold. Yeah, I was going to say. forms of the animal. And uh, most of the stories you get on yowiehunters.com, that's a great uh, a great uh, site, actually. And the, the, I think it's Dean Harrison, the interviewer, him or his colleague. Uh, they do real police-style, you know, interviews yeah. of the witnesses. Australians being Australians like us, they're just very... Um, matter of fact. Matter of fact about everything. They don't flower it up. Yeah. Lots of nice mundane details, which I think is important for valid witness testimony. Yes. Um, well, a was sing, singing shit at me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, and the spaceship came down. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was yeah. going to say uh, Vietnam. If if I could go anywhere to search yeah. for these, I think that's where I would go because you get the tales of the rock apes, and it's the same with the Yowie to yeah. some extent that they were more bold. They were actually approaching yeah. us, and maybe it was because they weren't used to us being in their environment. That, that you know, for that. For that time period during the you know yeah. Vietnam War, but they were actually po- approaching you know GIs and that, and actually throwing rocks. Uh, hence the name Rock Ape. So uh, I think that mm. that would be a good place to go. And then Sumatra, I think. But yes, oh the Orang Pendic. So Adam yeah. Davis, um, and he's he's come close a few times, I think. Yeah. Uh, finding evidence. I mean, what's the big thing about wild animals? And this this is a bit of a get out of jail free card. So I I don't like to use it, but the the big the, the the fact is that they don't want to be seen by people. They don't like to be around us. Even bears will avoid you if they've got a choice, if they know that you're there. Unless they're hungry. And that's, you know, yeah. and that's a hungry and you're unlucky. Yeah. Grizzly bear even then, it's very unusual for a grizzly even to yeah. attack you. This bear has to be hungry. You know, this is a bear that hasn't packed on enough food. Or is it like animals are individuals? You know, there's a great study about great whites. And there was... Uh, Who's the, the lady who's swimming with him? She's saying, stay away from that one. He's aggressive. He's got a bad attitude. Oh, this one's okay over here. I thought, how does she know? And then you could see it. Um, it's on Netflix now. I should give you some references for these things later. Uh, you could see that, you know, the behavior of them was actually very different. You know, one of them was very aggressive. And another one was just a bit curious. Mm. I thought, but these are all shocks. Surely they're all the same. They're not the same. Animals have characteristics mm. that are personal to them. Um, it, within their species, beha- you know, behavioural um, possibilities, and um, and it's the same with bears. Some are very aggressive, some are quite friendly, and most well. will just stay away from you. I'm not convinced. <laughs> I think I'll stay away from them. Yeah, I get I'm your point. <laughs> myself in the um, position, <laughs> yeah. finding out. Yeah. But, I don't know. Well, it's been fantastic talking to you again. Yeah, Andy. And, fantastic uh, man. I hope to see you on the 20th of May, is it, for the cryptid? 27th of May. 20, oh, it's been moved this summer. Yeah, 27th. Oh, yeah. Uh, 27th yeah. of May, and that's in Berwick. So if, as I say, it, the, the event is really teetering on the, the edge, edge of happening right. at the moment. So the more people who are listening who get out there and get a ticket, uh, the more likely it's, it's going to happen. But, um, of course, you know, I, I think even if they just get the bare minimum to fill it, then they will be doing it. And I, I definitely want it to happen. Yeah, because we'll get more, be more in the day. But yeah, I yeah, think anybody right. listening to this who's in the UK and wants to go, then yeah, yeah. head over Book and... Book your uh, seats now. It's yeah. going to be good. <laughs> Absolutely. You get to, you get, to meet, get to meet Andy and you get to... Unfortunately, you get to meet us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's going to be there. Amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah. Um, yeah, 
that would be amazing. You guys are going to be there. I'll be there, and um, I will definitely talk to you. I mean, you might have a problem stopping me, but I will most definitely speak to you. Yeah, I look forward to it, Andy. If you want to find the book, uh, you can go to Amazon.co.uk. You can get a paperback or the Kindle. Kindle is super cheap. It's just one pound ninety nine. Um, so just shy of of a London coffee, and um, yeah, I hope you'll enjoy it and, and spread it around with your friends. Share it, lend it, whatever you want to do. I'd be very happy. Okay. 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 Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Bye, Andy. Yeah, See you bye. soon, man. Bye now. Bye. Please remember to subscribe. You know, rate, review, all that good shit. Share the episode. That all helps us massively. Um, so, yep, thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the other side. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. They'll be back. 